0: It's a crossover Thursday on today's Locked on Giants podcast. We hear from Marcus Mosier of Locked on Cowboys. Plus, the Giants have some COVID issues that we need to talk about, as well as some injury issues. That's all coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Traynor here with you. And it is Thursday. We have our crossover show coming up with a Lockdown Cowboys co-host, Marcus Mosier. He will join me in just a bit. But first, we have some Giants news we have to talk about, kind of bring you up to date on where things stand with the Giants, who, with a loss this weekend, will be eliminated from any playoff contention. Not that they had a chance, I get it, but still, this, a loss this weekend will officially knock them out and ensure that the season ends on time for the Giants. Anyway, um, let me get you caught up on uh, the latest. Now, first, I'm going to start off with the injury report. The Giants had a walkthrough on Wednesday, so the report was projected, but there's some names here that are worth keeping an eye on as we go through the week. And they include Saquon Barkley with an ankle. He's back on the list or has been on the list last couple of weeks. Um, Ben Bredesen, offensive lineman. Graham Gano has an illness. Uh, Dory Jackson with that quad injury and defensive lineman, Austin Johnson has a foot injury. Now, all of those guys did not practice on Wednesday. So we'll see what they do Thursday and Friday. That'll give us a better idea as to who's going to be available and who's not the ones to keep an eye on. As far as I'm concerned, Barkley, obviously, and Johnson, Johnson, especially with um, Leonard Williams, who was limited in Wednesday's practice. He's, his injury is listed as a triceps injury. Um, there has been some conflicting reports as to whether or not Leonard Williams will play, and uh, we're just going to have to wait and see with that. Thursday's going to tell us a, better, um, a give us a better idea of whether he's going to play or not. Now, also limited for the Giants on Wednesday, quarterback Daniel Jones who is still not uh, cleared for contact, that per head coach Joe Judge. Um, Daniel Jones will not play Sunday. Um, So what that means, we'll see Mike Lennon again. We may see Jake Fromm. I think it kind of depends on how the game goes and how the week goes, but Judge did not rule that out. There was a report by ESPN that the Giants were thinking about it. And, yes, that is correct. They have not ruled it out. It's going to depend on how well from progresses during the week. And uh, I mentioned Andrew Thomas is back on the injury list with that ankle ailment. And that one, um, you know, with Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons coming to town, that's not a very settling piece of news. If you're, you know, the Giants, you don't want to see those got Andrew Thomas, who's the best offensive lineman the Giants have banged up to where maybe he can't handle those guys if they line up across from him. So again, As you're listening to this, you're listening to this on Thursday, but we'll see what Thursday's practices bring us um, as far as injury issues goes, as far as uh, COVID, which we'll talk about in just a moment, um, and and just see who the Giants have available. Now, speaking of COVID, the Giants have put five guys on, uh, or actually I should say the Giants have had five guys test positive for COVID. One guy has been identified as a high-risk close contact. So the five that have tested positive for the virus, Kadarius Toney, receiver, who was dealing with an oblique injury anyway. So who knows if he would have been able to play this week. Um, Cornerback Aaron Robinson um, tested positive, as did linebacker Cam Brown, linebacker O'Shane Zimenez, and wide receiver John Ross. And uh, Xavier McKinney, was designated as a high-risk close contact. So he's going to enter the COVID protocol as well. Now, this is concerning because um, Robinson will probably not play on Sunday. My understanding, uh, and this was reported actually, I think, by the Daily News, is that Robinson is not vaccinated. Um, So if that is true, if the Daily News report is true, he's going to miss at least 10 days, um, which is going to be, make it a sticky situation for Patrick Graham, because who's going to play that other cornerback spot. If a Jackson can't go and Robinson is out. So they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do at that spot. If indeed that's, you know, all comes to fruition. Like I said, it did um, McKinney. He c- should be able to play if he can, if he's asymptomatic and if he produces negative tests, the rest of the week. So, um, too soon to rule him out, but certainly the, the, uh, the, the positive tests, which you don't want to see for anybody and boy, what a week it's been for the NFL. They've had a record number of positive tests uh, come through with several teams around the league, but um, for the giants, like you said, A-Rob and and McKinney, that can be a potential blow to that defensive secondary. If those guys aren't available. So, keep it here we'll keep you updated as always and uh keep our fingers crossed because you know the cowboys should win the game um they probably will win the game but at least i you'd like to see the giants keep it close so all right before we get to the crossover section i've had a lot of you ask me about the lollipop episode some of you are like what is the lollipop what does it mean Now, I don't have the lollipop in front of me, but folks, it was an actual lollipop. It's one of those gag lollipops that, you know, it's about this big and it's rainbow swirled. It was a gag gift for me hitting a thousand subscribers. It had nothing to do with, you know, anybody being a sucker or anything like that. It had to do with me getting to a thousand subscribers, a total gag gift. Now, what's going to be 2,000? I have some ideas. I have some pitches I'm going to make. It'll probably be another gag gift, but um, who knows? Maybe I'll do a giveaway and I'll, and at this time I'll give, give something away to to you guys and gals um, if I can. So that's, that's up for debate. Got a ways to go before I get to 2000 yet. But uh, again, thank you to everybody for getting me to a thousand subscribers. Actually, I'm over a thousand now, um, which uh, has been terrific and I appreciate it. And uh, look forward, as always, to continue to bring you the very best content I can here on the Locked On Giants podcast. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked On Giants podcast. But first, Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups where winner takes all. And here's the crazy part: Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick. team that you want to face one-on-one. Sign up today for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and get a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on for your 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions apply. Again, stathero.com slash locked on. And welcome back, Giant fans, to the crossover section of the Locked On Giants podcast. And I am Patricia Traina, and joining me is Marcus Mosier. He is one of the co-hosts of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. And Marcus, you're having a grand old time down there in Dallas. First place, you can clinch the playoffs. I am so jealous of you guys.
1: Well, thank you. It's been it's been a weird year for the Cowboys. The Cowboys have won the last two games, and you would never know it by the way that this team is covered. Uh, over the last couple of weeks you know people are just uh, they're worried about Dak Prescott they're worried about the Cowboys losing often to coordinators and meanwhile they have a chance to still be the number 1 seed in the NFC so it's a, it's a crazy time to be a Cowboys fan
0: Sure is. But at least you guys are winning, which is more than what we in (laughs) Giants country can say. But Um, hey, listen, nonetheless, we still got games to cover. We still got stuff to talk about. And this weekend, the Cowboys come to MetLife Stadium for, I don't know if you could call it the rubber game, but it's the the second of the two annual uh, season series mm -hmm. against the two. Cowboys won the first one way back in week five. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the Cowboys. And I got to start off by asking about Dak Prescott, who looks like he's struggled a bit lately. Do you see a recurring theme behind his struggles or what's going on with Dak?
1: It's a really, really fair question. And I think the answer is complicated. I think it's a lot of things. It's the, the offensive line has been, they've been moving pieces around Tyron Smith has been out. He just got back and now he's out this week. They changed their left guard. They've been changing their right tackle. So there's been no continuity on the offensive line. None at the receivers, right? Like last week was the first week we, we saw Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup really all together. And those guys didn't play particularly well. They were running some wrong routes. They were running routes at the wrong depth. And Prescott just is making some bad reads. So I don't think it's anything physically wrong with him. I don't think it's anything mentally wrong. It's just they're in a little bit of a slump right now. Their things aren't clicking as well as they were earlier in the season.
0: Now, carrying that Cowboys team has been their defense. Let's talk mm. about that because I think at the start of the year, I believe you guys had some concerns about that defense. I think it was the back end that concerned you, but mm-hmm. that unit's been playing lights out. What has been the big difference for that unit?
1: Yeah, it's hard to believe that the Cowboys are a defensive-minded team right now, where they want to you know play ball control football and rely on their defense because that's not the way it's been for the last couple of years, right? But it's, it's absolutely absolutely true right now. They forced uh, four turnovers in back-to-back games, and it's really because of their pass rush, right? Demarcus Lawrence is back. Randy Gregory is back. Micah Parsons is still rushing the passer at an incredible rate. They're able to get pressure with their front four and front five guys, and it's taking a lot of the the pressure and onus off the defensive backs who can now be aggressive and know that, the ball is going to be coming out hot and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it's it's really the play of their their defensive line that's really transformed this team.
0: Now, speaking of Micah Parsons, you know a, a lot of Giant fans are like they wonder what could have been had the Giants set, yeah. set put at eleven and and taken Micah Parsons in the draft. But uh, I believe when he first came out of Penn State, there might have been some questions by some people about whether or not he was he had it in him to be like a a full scale pass rusher. He has shown that ability. Is it something that the, that the coaches have done to bring that out of him? Or is it just a matter of comfort or what do you think has been the key for him suddenly getting uh, uh, on this tear of his?
1: That's a really, really good question. But I first want to ask you this before I get to that, how do giants fans feel about the Parsons thing? Because obviously they traded back and they got Kadarius Tony, right? And Tony's been good when he's been healthy and they've got another pick coming next year in the first round. But What's the just the general feel from Giants fans about how they handled the first round of last year's draft?
0: Well, you know, everything. Hindsight's 2020. 20, of, of course. Kadarius Toney is has been injured. He's, he's on COVID now, second time this year. So some people look at him and say, oh, bust, you know, and some people look at the pass mm-hmm. rush or the lack of the pass rush and are like, well, we don't have a pass rush. So just think if we had had Parsons and now we've got to face him twice a year. Okay. So I, I think it's split, but that said, I think it's, it's going to make things a lot better when they find out mm-hmm. where the giants are drafting and where that bears pick is going to fall. And right now it looks like it could be uh, definitely in the top 10, possibly two top five picks that I think everybody would sign yeah. up for that. I would think
1: it's also helped that Aziz Ojalari has been pretty decent as a second round pick, right? Like he's at least giving them something, but, uh, to talk about Parsons, this <laughs> it's, it's really complicated because the Cowboys liked two cornerbacks better than Michael Parsons in the draft. They liked J.C. Horn and Patrick Sartan. They were upset when those guys were off the board and they traded down and took Parsons. And the only reason they took him because he was the best player available. It wasn't like they, they thought he was a generational pass rusher. They just thought, hey, this is an athletic off-the-ball linebacker. Let's take him and let's see where it goes. He really only started to become an edge player out of necessity. In week two, the Marcus Lawrence was out with a, with a foot injury. Uh, Randy Gregory was out with COVID and Dorrance Armstrong was banged up. So they had really no choice but to use him as an edge rusher. And because he played so well in that game, they've kind of left him there ever since. So it, it would be really nice to say, yeah, the Cowboys had this long plan. They envisioned him as the edge rusher when they drafted him, but it's just simply not true.
0: Amazing how the Cowboys kind of fell into this, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like it was all, uh, I, I guess, by accident, if you will.
1: Yeah, and if you think of just one thing it, different happens, if the Panthers don't trade for Sam Darnold, they probably draft Justin Fields, and that means J.C. Horn falls to them at 10, and they're not picking Micah Parsons at 10 and, or at 12 in a trade back. So the draft is crazy. It's so unpredictable, and that's why we love it.
0: Yes, indeed. Now I want to go back to the offense if I could for a second here. Zeke Elliott Mm. has not Mm. looked like Zeke Elliott. And I think I read something about there was some talk about possibly shutting him down and the Cowboys poo pooed that but what's going on with Zeke and should they shut him down because he just hasn't been I guess the, the guy that you know you're used to.
1: It's a really fair question. Um, I think he should be shut down. It's pretty clear he's not healthy. He hurt his back earlier in the season, landing on a pylon when he was diving for the goal line. And then he hurt his knee the following week. Since then, he's just lost all of his explosiveness. And there was a report that the Cowboys were thinking about shutting him down for two or three weeks just to get him healthy. Um, It's a bone bruise. that's probably not going to heal by the end of the season, but they feel like... It's, you know, not necessarily something that rest is going to improve. So might as well throw him out there for 10 to 12 touches a game. I I don't really understand it, Patricia, because I think Tony Pollard is a better player at this stage in his career, but he's banged up as well. He tore his plantar fasciitis, uh, so he's going to be, you know, limited the rest of the season. Cowboys just aren't getting a lot of production from the running backs right now, and it's really unfortunate.
0: Indeed. And you need that strong running game to keep the uh, play action going and the passing game going and uh, keep some of the pressure off of Dak Prescott, who has enough pressure as it stands with the struggles that he's in. Now, speaking of the offense, there was a report, I think I saw something about Kellen Moore and the Chicago Bears, if Matt Nagy is fired. What can you tell us about that? And are Cowboy fans worried about losing Kellen Moore?
1: it depends on the week. Like after last week, I think people are like, ah, you can leave Kellen Moore. You're not a big deal after the offense struggle, but I mean, he's still really good. I think he's one of the best offensive coordinators in the league. Um, I, I got a feeling that Kellen Moore is going to be very picky about the next job that he takes. I don't think he's just going to take the first head coaching job that's offered to him. Is Chicago the right fit for him? Maybe. I mean, I could see it with a young quarterback, you know, and you know, some weapons on offense, but I do think there is some concern that Kellen Moore could leave. Uh, It just, it might not be this year. He's only been a coach for like four years. I think he needs a couple more years to grow before he takes a job
0: like that. Right, Giant fans, still more to come on today's show. But first, if you are looking for some colorful and comfortable apparel, you've got to check out Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance's apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. with a focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings you a new look that fits your lifestyle and your preferences, featuring some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and comfort. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. So that those that feel good, do good. And go see for yourself. Check them out, stance.com. Use our special promo code LOCKED ON and you will get 15% off your first purchase again. That's code LOCKED ON. Apply it at checkout at stance.com for 15% off your entire order at stance.com. All right, Giant fans, still more to come on today's show. But first, it's the most wonderful time of the year as college football gears up for its playoffs. The NFL playoff race is taking shape, and the NBA and NHL are continuing to keep us warm through the winter here in the Northeast. And no matter what sport you like, BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website, at betonline.ag and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that they have available. Visit BetOnline today and get your 50% welcome bonus with the code locked on. All right, now I want to go back to Micah Parsons because this kind of ties into something with the Giants. Parsons and Saquon Barkley. Former teammates at Penn mm-hmm. State, best buds, Barkley said something today that kind of irked me a little bit. And I like Barkley. don't get me wrong, but <laughs> he compared Parsons and said, well, actually he didn't compare it. He said some of what Parsons does is very LT like. And mm. LT, of course, mm. Lawrence Taylor, who, in my opinion, the greatest linebacker ever to play the game. I mean I agree. Yep. Who's gonna how many times did you know Bill Walsh have to come up with? creative ways and new ways to, to slow yep. LT down same thing with Joe Gibbs that said let's you know just sticking back with uh with Micah Parsons and what he does well and the, the converse now that he's in the conversation for you know defensive player of the year also defensive rookie of the year where have you seen the most growth in Micah Parsons this game
1: yeah so Patricia we did a, a podcast was it earlier this offseason about Eli Manning, whether he's overrated or underrated, uh, I will never, ever say that Lawrence Taylor is overrated. I think he's the best defensive player in NFL history. So uh, there you go, Giants fans. I, I don't hate all your players. I promise.
0: If you had said he was, good, I would <laughs> no, have an no, no. email out there and you would have gotten a flood <laughs> of nasty emails.
1: <laughs> no, Lawrence Taylor is absolutely incredible. And if you haven't, like, if you're a younger fan, please, please go to YouTube and watch him because that guy is the most terrifying defender I've ever, ever seen. Um, I get why people are comparing him to Lawrence Taylor. It's because Lawrence Taylor is the last rookie to win defensive player of the year. Right. And he's not just a pass rusher. You can put Lawrence Taylor wherever on the field and he was going to win. He's just that type of athlete, that type of football player. I think that's what a lot of people see in Micah Parsons. Um, I, I really think he's grown just as a playmaker. Like he just finds ways to make big impact plays when they absolutely need him. He still needs to get better in coverage. He needs to get better when it comes to being an off-the-ball linebacker in some of his run fits. But the guy just has a knack for making big plays. And I think that's why you hear guys like Saquon Barkley make that comparison.
0: Well, that and he probably hasn't seen Lawrence Taylor play. Some of those
1: He's what, like 23 years, years old? Could so not it believe probably, right?
0: he said that. I was like <laughs> – and again, he didn't sit, compare and say, oh, you know, Mike is the next – Lawrence Taylor, he right, yeah. he said he saw qualities, I guess, that were very LT-like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, uh-uh, no. <laughs> no disrespect to Michael Parsons. Yeah, that's a but, sacred you know, comp right there. LT is like in a whole other universe, in my opinion. But I saw him play growing up, so. Let me ask you about Mike McCarthy, because I think when we last spoke, there was still some I guess uncertainty about Mike McCarthy, if he was going to I guess, come into his own, get to that comfort level, because there was some rockiness with the new coaching staff, bringing in new members of the coaching staff. Can you talk a little bit about the growth you've seen from McCarthy this year? Do you think he's finally kind of settled into that cowboy mode?
1: I I do. I I don't think Mike McCarthy is the best coach in the league. I don't think he's obviously in the Bill Belichick or Andy Reid tier, but he's just a really good coach and he's very reliable. And there's really no games. There's no... I don't know. There's no silliness around the Cowboys with him. It's everything is about winning. Everything is about, you know, trying to, to be competitive on Sundays. Uh, he does get his his team fired up for these games. Like he knows how to, to push the right buttons to make sure his team is fired up. Like you might think it's a little childish to, to guarantee a win over Washington in a Week 14 game, but I, I kind of got the sense that McCarthy thought, hey, we need a little bit of a, a motivational bump. We're in the middle of the season. Uh, I, I'm putting this out there. So you guys will go out there and back it up. I I, I think he's a, just a really, really good coach.
0: All right. Now I'm going to ask you this question. I know it might touch a little bit of a nerve, but I got to ask it because there is a belief that even though the Cowboys are in first place in the NFC East, they haven't really beaten anybody decent and that mm-hmm. includes the giants by the way. So I'm not, you know, just so you know, I'm not totally dissing it, but uh when you look at what the Cowboys have accomplished, I mean, I, I mm-hmm. guess a win's a win, but are you a little concerned about the competition that they've beaten versus the competition they haven't beaten? A,
1: a little bit, but I think you can do that with every team in the league, right? You look at, you know, some of the other wins that maybe like Green Bay has, you know, they beat uh, they beat the Rams who weren't fully healthy. Uh, they beat the Cardinals on a Thursday. And I think you can kind of pick apart, a team's wins and losses all year long i think the cowboys do have good wins like at new england at los angeles against the chargers obviously they slipped up against kansas city and denver and the raiders and i don't know how they did that it's still still mind-boggling but i i think all that really matters patricia and especially these playoffs is just get to the playoffs get try to get somewhat healthy and you never know the nfl is so up and down it's so random I I just don't think style points necessarily matter all that much. So I think you could be right. We'll just see how much of an impact it has when we get into January.
0: All right. Now let's talk the game here. In terms of the Giants, they're banged up. They will not have Daniel Jones. They've got some guys now who tested positive for COVID. The secondary I'm concerned about because they won't have a Dory Jackson who's got an injury. Um, Aaron Robinson, who had been starting for him, he's got COVID. He's probably not going to play. Xavier McKinney was designated as a, a as a high risk close oh, yeah. contact, so I'm concerned about that defensive secondary. Looking at the matchups here, where do you see the favorite matchups? Cowboys offense versus Giant defenses. I, I would guess that passing game might be the the key there, but or, or do you see something else as a as a key?
1: Yeah, and one of the guys that you didn't even mention, Leonard Williams, uh, he hurt his elbow. I saw that he might be able to play in this game. After you know they got some bad news early on, they think he's—is he going to play?
0: We don't know. It's actually a triceps injury. Triceps, not quite the uh, the elbow, but it's it's in that area. Obviously,
1: that's the one that I think the Cowboys can take advantage because Leonard Williams is just such a good player, and he's given the Cowboys fits before. And I know they have Dexter Lawrence, and they have some other guys in there that are, are good players. I don't think any of them are at the caliber of Leonard Williams. So, if the Cowboys can run the ball on this Giants team, if they can throw the ball over the middle across, you know, in front of some of their linebackers, I know like Martinez is out for the year, so that means more Tay Crowder and Reggie Ragland. I, I think the Cowboys offensive line should have some success against this front seven of the Giants.
0: All right, flipping it, Giants offense: no Daniel Jones, no mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony. Um, that offensive line is oof, uh, yeah, should be yeah. a feast for the Cowboys, I would think, right?
1: You would think so. And especially if the Giants are really considering, you know, swapping in and out quarterbacks. We saw reports that Jake Fromm might play at least a little bit. Um, I, I don't understand that, but...
0: I don't uh, think that's going to happen. Okay. But I could be wrong. I mean, unless okay. it's a blowout or something. But. Okay.
1: Well, that's, that's good. At least there's some rational coaching there. So... Uh, I would think the Cowboys pass rush could, they should be able to affect Mike Glennon in this one, because there, it's just a mismatch between the offensive and defensive line. However, it's not like the Giants are void of playmakers, right? Saquon Barkley is back. I know he missed practice on Wednesday, but I think it's fair to assume he'll probably play. Um, he missed or he got hurt early on in the last Cowboys game, like within one of the first plays of the game. They have him, they have Kenny Galladay. Uh, they have a couple other receivers, that always makes you a little bit nervous, but yeah, the Cowboys defensive line, I think, should almost win this game by themselves.
0: All right. What's your X factor for this game?
1: Yeah, for me, it's Terrence Steele, the left tackle for the Cowboys. Uh, so Tyron Smith is going to miss this game uh, with a high ankle injury. Terrence Steele has been up and down as a left tackle. In one game against Denver this year, uh, he had allowed a, lo- a nine pressures. He was atrocious. The next week against Kansas City, he was better. Um, but I'm curious to see if the Giants can take advantage of that. Can somebody like Aziz Ojalari, uh, you know, give him fits on that on that left side? Because if he can, you can really slow down the Cowboys' passing offense. Because Dak Prescott's just not handling pressure very well right now. Keep an eye on Dallas's left tackle this one.
0: All right, and then final question for you, Marcus. The Giants obviously beat up. They're di- you know not doing very well. Very easy to overlook this team, you know, mm-hmm. a, a trap game, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Do you get the sense that maybe the Cowboys are, you know, especially after coming off of last week's big win against Washington. And I, I forget who the Cowboys have after the Giants. I think they have NFC East, Washington. Another, yep. Washington. Yep. Yes. So do you, do you get the sense that maybe there might be a danger of them looking past the Giants, given how beaten up they are?
1: I think it's possible, especially when you consider that this is the third straight road game for the Cowboys Um, they have never been good. Like during the one o'clock Eastern games, like they're just, they just always start slow. However, I think I'm going to come back to this pass rush. When you have a defensive line that can win at so many different spots, it's just tough to imagine that the giants are going to put up 21, 24 points. I believe they're averaging like 17 and a half points per game. I think the giants would really need to score in the middle twenties, high twenties in order to win this game. I think there's a chance, Patricia, that we we have a game like going into the third and fourth quarter, and it's like seventeen to thirteen, and the Cowboys' offense is struggling. But I do have a hard time believe, hard time believing that the Cowboys are going to let this one get away.
0: They need it in order to. Cl- I think they clinch if they. They win. clinch if
1: they win this game. Yes. Yeah,
0: I think they're in control of their own destiny. Am I not mistaken? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Whereas if the Giants lose, they're officially out. But you know, nobody's anticipating they're going to make it anyway. Yeah. yeah, We're all a pessimistic. It's a long
1: season. I listen to a cowboy fan who experienced this last year. The season just feels so long when you're basically been out of contention since week five or week six. What about when you've been
0: out of contention for since 2011?
1: (laughs) Gosh. That's not true. You guys made the playoffs. Yeah, in We, had the, we right? had the
0: one good year, yeah, but but still, it was, <laughs> it's it's been, it's been. This is the fifth straight losing season for the Giants, oh, but man. it has been a long haul. I mean, oh my god, goodness. But anyway, Marcus, great stuff. Giant fans, make sure you tune in to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I will be on, on with Marcus talking Giants. Make sure you tune back into the to the Locked On Giants podcast tomorrow. We're going to wrap up the week with another show. Uh, topic to be determined. So for Marcus Mosher, I am Patricia Trenner. Thank you so much for tuning in to this crossover edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast, and we will catch you on the Lockdown Giants podcast tomorrow.